Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody coming at you on Thursday morning. SMU is just a couple days away from facing Memphis at 11 a.m. on Saturday in the Liberty Bowl, a return to the site of where SMU dropped that classic between the two programs in 2019, which dished out its first loss to that SMU 2019 crew. Um, And now, coming off their first loss of the season to Houston, SMU looks to avenge a 54-48 loss on the road to Memphis in 2019, but also is coming off a win at home over the Tigers in 2020, getting that monkey off their back with that 30-27 win over the Memphis Tigers in what was looking like it was headed towards quite the barn burner, but instead ended with just a 7-6 edge for Memphis in the second half last year in 2020. Uh, And again, everybody will kind of remember that game for the game that SMU lost Reggie Robertson and TJ McDaniel for the season in. Uh, So a tough game overall to swallow last year for SMU with the loss of Robertson and McDaniel, but obviously a win to kind of build some confidence in this series with Memphis, which has not been kind as of late to SMU. But this week, SMU faced with quite the challenge. Obviously, the coaching rumors around Texas Tech and TCU have dominated the conversation on PonyStampede.com as of late with head coach Sonny Dykes, especially with that TCU job being rumored as one of the top candidates and certainly one that, uh, if offered, would entertain it. SMU is in contract negotiations with Sonny Dykes and his agents. That remains ongoing as of the recording of this podcast. And of course, we continue to monitor that on PonyStampede.com. Dropped an opinion piece on Wednesday and dropped the latest buzz going into Thursday that we've been hearing on that contract negotiation front um, and where things stand with TCU as well. So be sure to check that out if you're not a PonyStampede.com subscriber. Subscribe for just a dollar for your first month. Uh, That'll cover you all the way through the end of the regular season for football and tee you up well for the early signing period. Maybe a coaching change, we'll see. But let's focus on Memphis's podcast uh, because SMU uh, certainly has its hands full, it seems like, off the field with the distraction in a way with Sonny Dykes, uh, the rumors. We've addressed that a lot on the PonyStampede.com message boards. If you're looking for information on that, I would check that out. Some good stuff there. Uh, And we're pretty on top of keeping you guys up to date on the latest on that front. Now, Memphis coming off a 24-7 loss against UCF. Um, and also is monitoring the status of Seth Hennigan, their starting quarterback, who is second in passing yards in the American two, SMU quarterback Tanner Mordecai. And look, Seth Hennigan uh, is looking to get healthy. As of Wednesday, he was a game time, as of Tuesday, he was a game time decision uh, for this one. And SMU could be facing their backup, Peter Parrish, who I'm familiar with, former LSU quarterback, who has a bit of a dual threat uh, life to him, but quite honestly, doesn't bring much to the table as a passer. Um, Look, he he can show some improvement from week one to week two if he is the guy for this game. But overall, this is one where if you're SMU, you want to get pressure on. You also want to contain in your rush lanes as well because he can take off and run. But for a secondary, that's one of the worst in the country right now, especially in yards per completion. This is a game where you could maybe build some confidence if you do face Peter Parrish. On the flip side, if Seth Hennigan plays, they've got Calvin Austin, who is 
one of the best receivers uh, in the country. Sonny Dykes called him the best receiver SMU will face all season, which I thought was really impressive uh, praise for him. And now um, SMU secondary does have to get tested by Calvin Austin, especially after Nathaniel Dell uh, caught three touchdowns and went absolutely off on SMU secondary in that loss to Houston. But Calvin Austin is just somebody that has just been so impressive this year. SMU is going to have to keep an eye on him, regardless of what um, quarterback is at the helm for the Tigers, uh, who have really assembled kind of an average year in a way. Four and four on the year. They opened with an easy win for the most part. They pulled away against Nichols and then uh, won a high-scoring affair against Arkansas State. Somehow beat Mississippi State. Lost to UTSA, lost to Temple, lost to Tulsa, three straight losses all by one possession, and then beat Navy at home before going on the road and suffering that loss to the Knights. SMU really, I think, has a chance to get back on track here against Memphis. This is not your typical Memphis team, especially without Seth Hennigan at the helm. I will say that um, with Rodriguez-Clark, They're hoping that he can return. He's a difference maker for them in the backfield um, and one that SMU with that rush defense would like to keep in check without a doubt. And when you look at this team under Ryan Silverfield, I think you're you're looking at a Memphis team that is still trying to find its identity. And that is something that a lot of Memphis people around uh, that program uh, are, are trying to figure out where's the where's the traje- trajectory uh, for this program with Ryan Silverfield at the helm. I mean, when I began some research, I mean, the one thing that popped up right away was what's the state of Memphis football, which, you know, looking at the program just overall, they've been able to, you know, be one of the most consistent teams in the AAC as far as being at the top. And now uh, that they've been through a couple of head coaches, and, and now Ryan Silverfield's taken over. It's his program now. And, you know, I think quarterback play without Seth Hennigan is that big question. And so much of this league and so much of college football in general is driven by the quarterback play, of course. Um, I, I do think Memphis has the athletes to beat SMU. There's no doubt about that. Um, I do think right now that they're still finding their way, though. No, You don't have to look any further than losing to UTSA, Temple, and Tulsa. And, and not being able to get on track. And then, of course, Navy, who has really not lived up to any sort of billing as far as being a, a good football team, they get it back on track, and then they go and face a depleted UCF team and, and get a win. And, you know, Peter Parrish passes for 215 yards in his first start against UCF, but really it was a game for him that, you know, he didn't look comfortable. And, and Ryan Silverfield kind of said as much, this week, just that he's hoping from that week one to week two, he takes that step forward as a starter um, and just being, you know, more comfortable, less anxiety, getting into the groove of studying the game plan. And quite honestly, I think having that passing day for Peter Parrish is something for SMU's defense to also take note of. I mean, it's a passing defense that ranks 111th out of 130 teams, even with those, you know, corner additions they saw. With Jahari Rogers, Brandon Crosley hasn't probably lived up to what he wanted to this year. Uh, Bryce McMorris has, you know, kind of shown some signs of being a freshman. Uh, they and then the safety play, especially with Isaiah Wokabia likely 
out uh, for an extended period of time. This is a SMU defense in the secondary that has a lot of questions. I, I think the big thing for me is if you're Jim Levitt, you've got to bring pressure on Peter Parrish. Uh, he's somebody that, you know, even with the the future of LSU's quarterback position up in the air, you know, he quickly made an exit. He clearly wasn't an SEC quarterback, and you could kind of tell that when he was a high school prospect. And, you know, SMU getting pressure on him, I think, is the easiest way to trying to get themselves as a defense into a groove and, and on the right track. Um, because I, I think that's where it's going to start and finish for Memphis this week. You know, they have some talented receivers in Calvin Austin and Rock Taylor. If they get Rodriguez Clark back, that'll be big for them. Um, you know, but they really uh, just haven't lived up to their past and what they've been able to do for the most part. I mean, that UCF game, they weren't really in it. Uh, they really weren't able to get anything going, um, and and that's a UCF team that struggled as well, and and sits at four and three overall and two and two in the conference. Um, I, I think you're seeing Memphis also shift their game plan a little bit. Peter Parrish ran for 22 times, um, and that has something to do with, of course, Rodriguez Clark being out. Uh, you've got to look at uh, Quindell Johnson on the defensive side of the ball being one of those players that SMU's offense has to keep an eye on. They do have some athletes. Memphis always seems to find a way to get them there. Um, and, they, and they've played hard in the past. But this year, it just hasn't come together for Memphis. I think SMU right now is a team that this is going to be one of Sonny Dykes' biggest challenges, especially if the rumors persist and the contract negotiations drag out since he's been at SMU, and that's getting this team mentally focused. And I was talking with somebody yesterday, and I, I think this is kind of an interesting point, but you look at everything that, that has happened over the last two weeks, let's call it, with Sonny Dykes and, and the rumors, but SMU, and you can kind of say this about TCU, and I think Louisiana Tech to an extent too, athletically, those are two fairly good teams uh, and they play really, really hard. But then SMU kind of went into a lull of teams that, you know, realistically weren't as talented at SMU, as SMU. I know they had to come in, come back and beat Navy, but talent isn't what gets Navy by by any means. And then Houston's defense comes out ready to roll. Their offense hits some big plays and it took SMU a minute to adjust. And that's coming out flat. You know, I know there's some people that don't think that they came out flat. I personally think they kind of came out flat. Uh, and I said that after the game, I still feel that. But it was a game that SMU almost looked a little taken aback by how physical Houston was. And then once they settled in, they made it a game, they took a lead. And I think that those middle two quarters are the SMU team that I think you want to see. The offense still didn't do its part. I think that's a big concern for me. If Ulysses Bentley isn't healthy, Sonny Dyke said that he injured a new part of his ankle is what he thinks. The same sprained ankle, but an, a part of the ankle that was different. He's questionable. What do you do if you're Sonny Dykes? We asked him about that this week, and I specifically asked him about Brandon Epton. I said, look, I mean, you don't have the explosive playmaking of Ulysses Bentley. Trey Siggers caught a wheel route for a touchdown. Tyler Tyler Levine did that a couple weeks back as well to kind of put that two-lane game on ice. But those aren't 
explosive players. And Trey Siggers has been critical for SMU picking him up in the offseason in the transfer portal. But they need a little bit of burst. I'd like to see Brandon Epton, Epton get some opportunities against Memphis. Let him get into the game. See how he takes the flow. He's got some burst. And he's been been productive for the most part when he's been in there. So I, I've gone back and forth a lot with this game just because I feel like, you know, history would tell us that with SMU having to deal with so many distractions, because I like I said, I do think it is a distraction at this point for the team that we should not expect it. You should expect the worst if you're an, an SMU fan. And, and that makes sense you, with all the rumors going around. You, you set your expectations low. If you're SMU's team, you might be a little tired of, one, either your coach being in the coaching carousel rumors, or two, I mean, I didn't call SMU soft after the Houston game, but for a game like that, I, I do kind of think it's a little soft if you come out flat. Again, some people will go back and forth on if it was flat or not, but truth of matter is you went down 17 nothing against a, a rival type of school. That's coming out flat. Um, and, and I think that's maybe not as much from a mental perspective going into it, although it, it certainly has an impact, but from an execution standpoint, you know, you had the extra days off after Tulane, they switched around things in practice, you know, maybe thinking, okay, they'll get their legs a little fresher. And I, I think SMU had the legs at the end of the game to, to win if it went into overtime, obviously that didn't work out with the kick return for a touchdown, but the, this Memphis game for SMU is is the season and we've kind of pointed that out and Sonny Dykes has as well that each of these games down the stretch is your season you're trying to stay alive in a conference race SMU still controls its own destiny if they can find a way to win out beat Cincinnati do all those things and if you're SMU's kind of senior team I mean you're you're looking for a spark and you go on the road again, which SMU has not played well on the road under Sonny Dykes for whatever reason um, throughout his time here. But this is one of those games that you're looking at a Memphis team that's kind of down. If they don't have Seth Hennigan at quarterback, which I think odds are the way with how coy they're playing, saying it's a game time decision. And they said that on Monday and Tuesday that he's probably going to play is my coach speak. Uh, reading reading that, I guess. But if if Memphis doesn't have Seth Hennigan, I think if you're SMU, you gotta you gotta pin your ears back, go after it, be aggressive, um, and and kind of change the narrative of what this season is headed towards. No one who follows this SMU program would look right now with the coaching rumors after the loss to Houston and say this team is more likely than not going to go challenge for an AAC championship. But the fact is they have that in front of them. And I'm not sure that this is going to result in a win, but I am going to pick SMU to win the game. But after, a, uh, let's be honest, almost two weeks of dealing with this, don't you think they're going to come out with some sort of fire? And if they don't, then we can sit back and say, okay, this team isn't as good as we probably thought it was. Maybe the obviously they got an inflated first half of the schedule going 7-0. and And it wasn't a cakewalk by any means, but they faced teams that are not very good this year until they faced Houston. And they let them hang around, and it resulted in the first loss of the season. 
But if you're SMU's team, you still have the talent right now to make this a season that at the very least you're challenging for an AAC championship appearance when you head on the road to face Cincinnati. If you get past Memphis, then you've got UCF and then you're on to Cincinnati. If you can approach it one game at a time and you look at the schedule, you've got two teams that are right at five. One's right at 500. One is one game above 500. The two teams are not the teams that you maybe thought they would be heading into the season. You've got to smell blood in the water. And I think that's a pride thing for the football team. And for me, look, I think Sonny Dykes owns and his agents or whatever, or the school that's allowing this to get to this dragged out contract negotiation and the coaching rumors phase, you you can't do anything about Tech and TCU opening up and that Sonny Dykes is connected to it. If you're Sonny Dykes, you can end everything by signing a contract extension and or denouncing the rumors or whatever. But if you're the football team and the culture that has been built is what it has been said to have been, I think this is a statement type of game for SMU. And if they don't make a statement, I think things are have a chance to, I don't know if unravel is the right word, but you can't let Memphis hang around. You can't let them think they're going to have a chance to win. Uh, it's a team that has enough talent to beat you. I think everybody listening to this podcast knows that. But for once, if SMU needs a statement road win over a decent football team, it's right now. And I'm going to go out on a limb and say that they get it by beating Memphis. I just think it. Memphis is a team that's missing an identity right now, and I think that's a little undersold. Now, Seth Hennigan could start and could pick apart SMU secondary, and we're seeing a shootout like we've seen in the past between SMU and Memphis. But ultimately, I think SMU is talented enough to win this game. I think we all know that. Uh, if you followed this program, I think this week, getting back to the basics of what's made them good, regardless of competition, is so important. And for the coaches, it's going to be one of their toughest jobs. You're dealing with distraction. Uh, you're could be missing Ulysses Bentley. Alana Lee's out for an extended period of time, has an MCL sprain. Marcus Bryant, can he play? He didn't play last week. Branson Hickman, can you bounce back from some of the low snaps, including one that ended up being a game changer when it was low for Tanner and, he, and his knee hit the ground? There are a lot of parts of this team that I don't feel like are necessarily being roasted and and all those things I mean the secondary has been very bad but you know your your character as a team has to be called into question a little bit too and I'd totally get it if SMU just if those players just felt like well Sonny Dykes is gone it's time to mail it in but what good does that do you and after losing the way they did against Houston I just feel like they find a way to win they lost a game that was a night Saturday game. Uh, they didn't go through a full practice on Sunday. They, they did some conditioning, watched some film. Players were off Monday. They came back and got after it on Tuesday, Wednesday. And then they kick off at 11 a.m. So just about the shortest amount of time, save for a short week for a Thursday or Friday night game, that you could ask for to get this bad taste out of their mouth, they've got. And for SMU, I think they find a way to win. I'm going to say that they win... 38 to 27. 
Um, this is kind of a pick em right now, which I think kind of bodes well for SMU. Um, you know, I'm a little surprised that they're even uh, favored from what I've seen. And I, I think SMU is hurt enough this week and the players, while distracted, maybe that, maybe that you know, allows them to find a way to go ahead and, and get that win and, and just say, you know what, just screw everybody. Screw Shawnee Dykes if he leaves. If you're a player, that's probably how you feel, just being honest. If he doesn't leave, you know, whatever, the, this thing's going to drag out. But let's go get a win for, for us. And I'm not saying that these players are, are throwing in the towel on Sonny Dykes and this staff and what they have sold and what they have pushed as a culture. But it is a, it is a team that has to stick up for itself. And I think over the last few days, especially coming off of the, of the loss to Houston, that's all been called into question. And SMU's favored by just under a touchdown as I'm looking at it right now. This is a game that I could see just playing out just like that. SMU gets you know enough from its offense to find a way to win. They continue to build off of you know build, uh, winning last year against Memphis. It's a different football team that they're facing, but you know Memphis is a team without an identity. I still think SMU has an identity. I think they're very much who they are at this point in the season. If that makes sense, the secondary is not very good. The offense uh, can make some big plays here or there. If they play turnover free, they're going to have a really good chance to put up enough points to win a football game. But can you overcome injuries? Can you overcome all the noise around this program and and stick up for yourself as a player in a way and then move on to the next week and tackle it from there? I, I'm going to go out on a limb and I, and I really you know, early in the week and especially after the Houston game and, and how this week has kind of gone, I felt like SMU wouldn't, but I'm going to go ahead and, and go out on a limb here and, and pick SMU to win 38, 27. I, I just feel like they find a way and, and circle the wagons and, and whether it's for Sonny Dykes or whether it's for these players, what have you, maybe show a little bit of emotion and want it a little bit more. I think maybe they learned their lesson against Houston. If you're not strapped up and ready to go, you can get down early, and sometimes it's just you spend so much energy trying to come back that that in the end sinks your ship. And I, I think SMU is playing catch up again against Houston. They don't obviously want to do that against Memphis, especially if Seth Hennigan doesn't start. This is a statement type game for SMU to say, okay, everything is still in front of us, and we can go find a way to be an AAC championship team. I'm going to go ahead and pick SMU 38-27. Just kind of a gut. If they lose this one, I think things could spiral out of control. And I feel like the leadership on this team, there's there's enough veteran guys to maybe say, you know what, enough is enough. We've seen this, we've seen this uh, movie transpire before, and I, I don't think that necessarily means they beat Memphis or beat uh, Cincinnati by any means, but at least finish the season strong enough. Um, the goal is an AAC championship game. It's got to start with a win over Memphis, and I think unless they do, unless they uh, lose to Memphis, uh, that can all still be in front of them. Realistically, I think they find a way to win 38-27. I've just got this feeling. We'll see how it goes. Um, if they drop this one, if they if they don't come out strong, this bodes very very poorly for the rest of the season, and uh, we'll see how it goes from there. But 
I'm going to go with a little bit of a gut pick here, SMU 3827. And uh, we'll be tracking it all on PonyStampede.com, 11 a.m. kickoff from the Liberty Bowl on ESPNU. Keep it locked on Pony Stampede for all the latest on SMU's uh, <laughs> coaching rumors with Sonny Dykes, whether they reach a contract extension, whether TCU could, turns up the heat on him or not. We'll have it all covered for you on PonyStampede.com, so be sure to follow that. For now, this has been an edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Feel free to leave us a rating, leave us a review, and follow the Pony Stampede podcast wherever you guys find us at. And we'll catch you guys after the game with post-game reaction and uh, what's next for SMU, whether it's win or lose. So hope everybody has a good weekend watching the game, and we'll catch you next time.